When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast and resource devoted to the discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I am joined by my co-host and good friend, Chris Bruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, I couldn't be any better. What a day. It's a good day, man. I can do this all day. This week, we're going to be in our first episode of a deep dive on a singular character. So this game is about a week away, Chris. I am very excited. It literally launches on my birthday. We're going to be at our local game shop helping with the launch event. I Just can't wait. having a great time, getting as many games in as possible. Very excited. I got the whole day off. It's ridiculous. Oh, that's awesome. Today is our first episode that will be a deep dive, a singular focus on one character. So this is something we're going to want to do a lot in the future, guys. We hope you guys enjoy this. Namely, we're going to go through the history of the character, their lore, and then we're going to go into the stats of the character, some of their model, what it looks like, and then just some, you know, basic strategy, list building sort of things for this character, just our initial thoughts. Of course, we'll return to these characters and things in the future. This being our first episode per this character, that's how it's going to be. And we'll do this for every character going forward. So we went through the core set last week, and today we're going to go through the first character in the core set. The first Avenger. The first Avenger, Steve Rogers. Captain America himself. That's right. So how could we do the show and not do him first? Pivotal, obviously, to the hero side, but just pivotal to Marvel. You know, and a lot of Marvel, especially the MCU, revolves around Captain America. He's the driving force. Much like a lot of people say the Flash is the driving force in the DC universe. Good point. Captain America really drives the narrative. He's very influential in the Marvel Universe. The movies are just pretty much about Captain America <laughs> when you really get down to it. Oh, uh, As they should be. Uh, that's <laughs> right. All right, Chris, let's get into it. We got a little business to take care of before we get all the way into it here first. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy the show, consider supporting with a monthly contribution. We thank all of our patrons on Patreon for their support. This week, we want to thank our first ever patron, James yes. S. You're the first member of the Fury's Finest team. That is right. And to us, you're the first Avenger. You certainly are, James. You're number one in the programs and number one in our hearts. So thank you, James, for making the show happen with your monthly contribution. Chris, let's head over to our first lore segment. I'm really excited to get into this. Who is Captain America? Chris, in a nutshell, his alter ego, we're going to use superhero stuff here, is Steve Rogers. And he was a super serum recipient, a patriot, and just an all-around great guy. He wants the best for everyone. He is sometimes described as the pinnacle of human perfection. That's right. I've also heard him as described, you know, maybe rightfully so or wrongfully so, the Superman of the Marvel world. 
Interestingly enough, he was originally uh, supposed to be coined as something along the lines of the super American. Right. There were too many supers back in the day, <laughs> according according to the creators. So they went with Captain. So Chris, what was his first appearance in comics? Let's start there. First appearance, Captain America Comics number one, dated nineteen forty one. Actually, went on sale in nineteen in December of nineteen forty. Okay. Ooh. Joe Simon, Jack Kirby are the creators. They have uh, they have quite a few amazing creations under their belt. Yeah, those guys are a little experienced. Let's say that in nineteen forty eight. Captain America was kind of shelved. Superhero comics were on the way out post-war. Wasn't going anywhere at the time. The world was a different place, yeah. And then uh, he reappeared after Marvel acquired the IP. He reappeared in Strange Tales 114. Uh, He appeared with Johnny Storm of the Fantastic Four, whom, side note, (laughs) cannot wait for the Fantastic Four to be in this game. They're going to have some synergistic abilities, you know it. That's me exciting. I mean, I'm going to be down. Me and the thing are going to do some stuff. Do some things. We're going to get nasty. In that issue of Strange Tales number 114, it was revealed that person playing Cap was actually a villain known as the Acrobat. They used this kind of as a soft launch to uh, see how people would respond to Captain America being back in the comics and... According to Joe Simon, the response was good enough to bring him back in uh, The Avengers number four. Okay, so this is probably the cap that most people are familiar with today from the MCU, which we'll get into a bit later. The Avengers, right? Number four. That's early on, right? 1964, baby. So that's Captain America, the first Avenger. That's the way we know him. Years later, the superhero team, the Avengers, discovered Steve in a block of ice So this was like what we've been showcased in the MCU, Chris. This is the Mm -hmm. Captain America, what we've seen. The fish out of water story point we like to use a lot in writing. That's kind of where they started with this. What do you want to call it? Not a reboot of Captain America? Well, it's kind of the Marvel explaining him being shelved for nearly 20 years. A real life character application to the real world events. Exactly. Because during World War II, he was kind of appearing in real time. Yeah, he certainly was. Then what's coming back, he was build as a World War II hero. So this is them explaining why he had been missing. There's also several other folks that had taken the Captain America mantle okay. over the years, especially in the 60s and 70s. Steve Rogers coming back is explained by him being in the block of ice, trying to save Bucky, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. We've all seen it. And of course, at this point, we have Steve accepting his leadership role within the team, which is pivotal to this character. It's going to be pivotal to our strategy segment today. And this is kind of like the him truly coming to the form we know Cap to be, which is the leader, the guy with the cool head who's just trying to lead and and uh, guide people on the right path. And, you know, he quickly assumed this leadership and he keeps returning back to that position throughout the team's history. So, like, the next part of this story, Chris, is where it gets a little intense. This is actually probably... One of the moments for me that was a big comic moment for me, because over the years, most of the comics I read were either X-Men, Spider-Man, or just all the Star Wars comics. Returning back to Marvel for me around 2005, 2006, uh, of course, what what grabbed me. What a time. What a time. There's several arcs that grabbed me, but especially Civil War. And I feel like Rogers plays a crucial role in this, right? And what was great about this particular event, it's always expected that Captain America is going to go with what the government wants sure you know iron man was kind of a is kind of a bad boy free thinker but in this case it was steve that was leading the anti-registration forces sure in guerrilla style warfare and until until he decided that it was taking too much of a toll they'd lost several friends too much collateral damage civilian death based superheroes causing collateral damage yeah that's right and and that that's what drove uh steve to give up the ghost on that so to speak Ooh. It's an amazing event. I love the flipping of the script you're talking about, too, Chris. I it's a great it. read. Because I think it's consistent with the characters, really. I, I agree 100%. And I was about to say, I really love that because he stays true to principle. That's right. Instead of going with whatever he's told by a superior. Right. He follows authority and the rules because he has a sense of what's right and wrong. He's a very moral compass type character. So when the authority 
and the government and things like that abuse that moral compass, he then reverts to, no, 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 I know what my moral compass is Mm -hmm. here, Mm -hmm. and I'm going with that. And unfortunately, that pins him as the bad guy to the public in this, even though he's clearly not. He is clearly doing what's right. Well, it is kind of a matter of opinion now, isn't it? Because maybe I think they should have been registered. I don't know. Tony Stark all day, right? Um, a Stark and it was convenient for Stark because he was already out to the yeah. world. And you know, that whole arc is super interesting. We're going to obviously return to it in the future with Spider-Man and things like that. There's some really good elements in there. It was a big moment in Marvel too, Chris. Um, we're not going to go into deep in Marvel history here, but like that was kind of a pre-MCU, the comics getting revitalized. I mean, Marvel now is around the same period and it really kind of brought us into the modern era of comics. In my opinion, I'm not an expert, but sure. You know, I do my best. You're certainly an expert on this show, so we're going to refer to what you know. <laughs> we're going to show I what I am you the know. expert. I yes. take it all back. That's right. So, and another, just really quick example of what I'm saying with kind of driving the, at least Avengers side of the Marvel Universe, because, you know, the X-Men are kind of their own deal a lot of times. You know, Avengers versus X-Men, another, you know, it's, it's a little controversial. Never I read really it. enjoyed it. Never read it. I want lot. to. Real bad. You'll read it soon, I promise. Okay. Yeah. Of but, course. you know, the whole thing is started by Cap. That's you know, wild. He kicks it off. He's he starts it. He is the one that that says we need to contain this threat before it becomes a bigger threat. Okay. And you know, Cyclops kind of takes umbrage to that. Oh and it all Scott. starts. Oh Scott. I so, can't stand him. I know. So in summation, guys, like most of this is familiar. Cap was released in the nineteen forties. He was actually as Chris said, concurrent with that time, fighting the Japanese Empire and the Nazi Germany during World War II. And eventually the ice would happen. We talked about that. And then leading the Avengers and then being a driving force in Marvel Comics. Usually the Avengers stuff revolves around Cap since he's the leader. Sometimes that changes. But yeah. we mention that now because, of course, that's going to be tied to this character. It's going to be tied to gameplay in this game. I just think it's a pivotal part of his character. It is a pivotal part of his character. And another pivotal part in the public's perception of Captain America is his involvement in the wildly popular Marvel Cinematic Universe. Let's get into that. So let's let's just touch on a few things here. His first mentioned okay. in Iron Man 2. So that's technically his first appearance, even though he's not seen. Then, of course, we go into his actual first appearance, his right. entire backstory, the first Avenger. I was so worried when that came out. I was so were worried. You, were How are they going to make Captain America likable on the big screen and they just wow my doubts were put to rest quickly because that movie is fantastic my input on that chris is you're you're absolutely right i have a similar thought on all these marvel movies and it's sometimes the movies aren't that great but the way they execute the character is near perfect and that's kind of how i feel about this movie that's how i feel about like iron man 2 and 3 like they're not good movies in my opinion but they execute tony stark so well and his arc the arc of Captain America in this movie is so well done. We literally see him from pre-superhero mm-hmm. to beating Red Skull, essentially, by the end of it. And then, of course, his finality to his story with him and Peggy and then, like, the ice, right? Mm-hmm. A lot happens in this first movie. But that leads, of course, right to the next movie, Chris, which is we mentioned the ice. There's some clips in our in our sound clips and in our, in our <laughs> intro and outro from this. Nick Fury says, 10 bucks, you're wrong to Captain America. Things have changed even exceptionally stranger than he remembers. So the Avengers, that's where he appears next. What a movie. One of the best. This is a movie where Cap, I think, steps into his own and became Captain America from the comics, but also the Captain America to the general public that now everybody knows. He really shined. He was portrayed so well. It was shot so well. It's Uh, just, and it's the writing and the portrayal that really drives home how important Captain America is, even if he's not the most powerful member on a team at any given moment. It's his sure. leadership. It's his moral backbone. That's right. That really give the team its emotional strength. Yeah, and I think his moral compass, his moral backbone, Chris, we mentioned several times now, is his greatest strength. And that causes him to be the truly great leader he is. So his next appearance, he's mentioned in a deleted scene in Iron Man 3. So there you go. I haven't seen it. I don't know. It's just what the internet tells us. There you go. That's the way of things. Iron Man 3 is easily one of my least favorite Marvel movies, but that's a hot (laughs) take we'll get to later. The next film is Thor The Dark World. So in Thor The Dark World, he is an illusion. Once again, this is more of a cameo right. rather than a featured movie, but we got to mention all of them here because we want to go through the timeline with you guys. 
Of course, we got to move on to the next movie, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Now, I really liked this movie, but that's also because I love Ed Brubaker's Winter Soldier. Of course. Bringing back Bucky, bringing him back as the Winter Soldier. I think he's a great character. Of course, in the comics, he assumes the mantle of Captain America for a time. He's a really fun character, conflicted character. And it goes to show two characters with a similar history, of course, Bucky being Cap's right-hand man throughout World War II and pre-war friend. They take two just completely different paths. Life just throws them at completely different ways. And it's just a really interesting take on two guys that could have easily been both Captain America-esque Boy Scouts. Right. But they both share a moral compass. I like that. And I think that's what's important. It makes Bucky so conflicted. That's what allowed him to be Captain America. Oh, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned Bucky, Chris, because he is coming to this game in the future. We've seen his Oh, it's going to be great. Can't wait. It's good stuff. So, of course, this is the movie that everybody, I think, references a lot with Cap because it's kind of just the... The pure cat movie with the least amount of superpowers and fantastical things. It's just kind of a Captain America, what I call a Captain America spy type movie. Well, it also introduces the other man that will be Captain America in the Marvel comics, and that is Uh the Falcon. That's right. Atomic Mass, I gotta know, (laughs) are we going to see Captain America Bucky? Are we going to see a Captain America Sam? Sure. Are we going to have two different versions? These are great questions. dying to know... What Atomic Mass has planned. And of course, these plans might be way out in the future, but... Probably are. Guys, I'm I'm so excited for so many different versions of Absolutely. the same character that you could be running. I think it's pretty obvious that in the future they're going to do alternate versions of characters, but of you course... have to. They've got to get through all the, what I call, baseline characters mm-hmm. first. Like, Absolutely. Of course, we have Hulk now, but I mean, one day we'll have Red Hulk, I assume. There's just all sorts of things. Speaking of, I think my Hulk model might end up being Grey Hulk. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I know, right? So they released Grey Hulk. We'll see. We're getting a little in the weeds. Let's get back to Captain America. So, of course, the next movie is Avengers Age of Ultron. Captain America plays a very prominent role in this movie. Um, him and Tony Stark are essentially the main heroes against the antagonist that is Ultron. Of course, it's the entire team of the Avengers. He uh, He's very Captain America in this movie. He's on his motorcycle in this movie in action. Good stuff. <laughs> what a tough movie. I just I do not envy <laughs> filmmakers when they have to do a uh, to the original Avengers. Yeah, which might be the best Marvel movie, and then you that's follow right. up with a movie that's fine. But when it's fine, followed up by something that's great, it's problematic. Well, now let's get to the next movie because I loved this movie, Ant Man. Oh yeah, that was a fun movie. Captain America, post credit scene, little stinger there for everybody. Oh, what a true. what a fun what a fun little movie that was so once again this is a captain america cameo but you know this is the way of the mcu so uh, ant-man is a fun movie and we will return to it in the future oh i can't wait for that so of course then another prominent film next captain america civil war this is the civil war arc in the mcu very different from the civil war arc we mentioned earlier dramatically so but still the main essence of the story we have captain america versus tony stark we have regulation versus non-regulation, all this Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. Also in the movie that Spider-Man makes his first appearance in the MCU. Absolutely. Thank you, Sony. We have some funny moments uh, with uh, Spider-Man and Captain America talking about the shield defying physics because Peter is a genius and nerd. And then we have other things like, uh, you know, Spider-Man jumping in and defending uh, Iron Man against Captain America. So it's it's important we mention that in this. But yeah, Captain America in this is put uh, between a rock and a hard place because... You know, we we start the movie off with Captain America's team slash S.H.I.E.L.D. agents doing stuff. And then by the end, we're uh, Tony versus Cap. So a very good movie as well. I really enjoyed it quite a bit. So the next movie we have, Chris, is Spider-Man Homecoming. And of course, this is a cameo again. Even when Cap's not a prominent character in a film, he is mentioned or he's referenced. Almost like he's a driving force <laughs> he certainly is that's why today's episode is so important i think it's important the first avenger starts off our first deep dive and this is why the fact that he's mentioned or cameoed or you know in a post-credit stinger in all of these movies it's just illustrating our points what's so cool is like iron man kicked off this mcu and robert downey's performance and his electric sense on the screen but it's so interesting that chris kind of stepped into this role and, you know, 
really stepped up and he kind of brought the same vigor that <laughs> Robert Downey did. And people love him just as much, if not more than just Robert Downey, even though Robert's obviously the biggest from this, but it's like they carry this franchise on their back through all these films. They really do. Their performances speak for themselves. But Chris, we got to mention the next movie. Of one course. of my all time favorite Marvel movies, superhero movies, Avengers Infinity War. This is my personal favorite version of Captain America in this MCU world because I just like that he's gone into hiding. He's grown the beard. He's grown the hair out. He's wearing the all black. <laughs> and then by the end of the film, he has the Wakandan shield where they've created like a more vicious shield for him. I love that all black goth boy, Captain America. <laughs> yeah, it's he's grown the hair and beard out. It's probably one of his best looks. It just fits him during the hiding. Him and Tony don't hate each other anymore, but they're still not speaking terms. And of course, he comes out of retirement to deal with Thanos. And of course, we have those iconic shots at Classic the Classic Captain America coming out of retirement. Oh, man. And he's at the Battle of Naboo on Wakanda at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your Star Wars out of my Marvel. Hey, man. It's like shot for shot at places. Started up I the know, shields and wild, everything. And I just love it that him and Black Panther are just running out front leading the entire charge, and they just jump right into it. It's so mm -hmm. good. And he's throwing that Wakandan shield. Give me goosebumps. It's a very inspiring scene. That's right. Of course, the very end of this film, he is in hand-to-hand -hand combat with Thanos, barely holding the, the gauntlet back and things like that. It's just, it is a different side of Cap in this. A little darker. He's still the same Cap, which is great. It kind of reflects in the comics when he ditched the Captain America moniker and costume, and Steve assumed the role of the nomad it's like very it. similar without going as far as introducing the nomad onto the marvel screen but it's it's a very similar feel very similar vibe so closing this out chris we have two more mentions of him we have him in ant-man and the wasp as a mention again of course and then we have him in captain marvel as a really interesting mid-credits scene i'm still here sort of thing and then of course we go into avengers endgame where we have him leading the team through a very uncertain time. Him and Tony both, of course. Man, his arc essentially finishes in this film. Right. You know, the cube sending him back through time. Right. Getting to live the life that he missed out on, which is all he really ever wanted, despite being duty-bound to save the world over and over and over again. That's right. You know, it's, it's a nice wrap-up for his uh, big-screen character. Yeah, it's a really nice wrap-up. Uh, it's a good send-off. I couldn't see a better send-off for him because him dying would have to be a certain caliber. And I think this was even better than his death because, as you said, Chris, he still lived the life that we know where he did all these heroic things. He saved so many people's lives. But then he almost got a second do-over to go live another life after right. that life was over. So it's like he kind of decided on his retirement and then got to live his retirement of the original plans. So this is the MCU. This is pretty intense and extensive it probably won't be this intense for future characters except probably iron man and spider-man so this aside what's something people at home chris what's something they could read or check out to get in the mode of this character i cannot recommend highly enough ed brubaker's run on captain america ed brubaker of course wonderful writer very well known for his crime noir comic books um he's written a lot of television scripts like I said, an excellent crime writer. Okay. He wrote Captain America for a long time, starting in January 2005. Uh, he wrote 100 issues. He's the man that brought back Bucky as the Winter Soldier. Whew. He wrote The Death of Captain America. He wrote Bucky as Captain America. Brought Captain America back to life. A lot of the modern, iconic moments with Cap have been Ed Brubaker. Okay. So I would highly recommend... Marvel Unlimited and reading this run, even if you can only read, you know, a volume at a time, 20 issues at a time, whatever. Okay. It's so well done. He deals with Cap's past very well. It'll just give you a sense of the, the whole character if you read this. All right, Chris, let's get into strategy. Excellent. So being our first strategy and stats segment of the game on a character, we're going to go through the entire character card for you guys, healthy side and day's side, just to get an idea to wrap your head around what the character looks like stat wise and how the character's abilities and superpowers and attacks pan out. So let's start with Captain America's stats. He has five stamina, which is the health in this game. He has medium speed, height of two, threat of four, and his defense is four physical, 
four energy, and three mystic. Now, what's interesting about this, Chris, is like defensive stats are really good, but let's move on to his day's side. The day's side, the only major change here is going to be six stamina Ooh. opposed to five. He increases in health when he gets hurt. And he's going to increase in some other stuff, as you'll see later. He becomes very hard to knock out. Uh, he's going to stick at medium speed. He's going to stick at height two. He's going to stick at threat four. Of course. Defenses are going to say physical four, energy four, mystic three. Well, let's mention these defenses while we're here, Chris, because this is the biggest thing we have to go off of other than his stamina. Sure. Essentially, in the game, three is kind of like lower end or average defense. Um, there are characters that have two in certain areas. But four is abnormally high on some of these, Chris. So apparently his his physical defense, which makes sense, and his energy defense are high. So that's, of course, well, that shield. he's got the shield for the energy defense. And his physical defense, he's an extremely accomplished and well-trained hand-to-hand combatant. That's exactly right. So let's move on to his attacks. Starting with his first attack, Chris, it's the basic strike. So every hero in the game has a basic strike. This is a way they can do a attack to gain power. Usually these are lower damage attacks, of course, but it helps you gain power and build up that economy we talked about in the previous right. episode. So let's talk about his strike and let's just read all the card text. Sure. After this attack is resolved, this character gains power equal to the damage dealt. That is the standard card text on the strike. And we're going to get tired of saying it, but we're going to say it a lot. <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about the stats of this strike. It is range two. Strength of five, so that means you roll five dice, and it costs zero power. Now, the zero power is going to be consistent against pretty much every strike in the game, every strike we've seen thus far. So it's a zero power cost attack that gains you power. But most importantly, Caps has a wild ability. So remember, we talked about in our last episode briefly, and we'll talk about in future episodes, when you get a wild result doing one of these abilities, if they have a wild ability to trigger, you can trigger it. And his wild ability is push. If the target character is size two or less before damage is dealt, it may be pushed away from this character short. So he does a little attack, gains a little power, maybe does a little damage, and then he pushes them away. Very thematic of Captain America. I say that, Chris, because some of these strikes don't have a wild ability trigger. They just gain you power and right. damage. So this is a neat little... Uh, thing on the hair with the wild result you used that push to great effect against me <laughs> last time we played too so his next ability is going to be shield throw can't wait this attack's really cool <laughs> uh it ignores line of sight entirely of course which is very powerful so cool you can measure this with the range stick cat could be on one side of a building the other character could be on the opposite side of the building and you could just plop that range stick over the top he's gonna throw that curveball yeah as long as he meets the range He's throwing it. Not only that, but the defending character does not benefit from cover. That's huge. That is huge because, as I just said, Chris, we measured straight across through that building. That would mm -hmm. only give you cover. Mm -hmm. This is not the case because this shield, as we said earlier, defies science and physics <laughs> and goes around things. So it just ignores cover as well. So they do not get any cover benefits from this. Not only does it ignore line of sight, it has a range of four. So that's pretty wild. And you say that, Chris, the part that sticks out to me even more, it has a strength of four, which is less than his basic strike, which makes sense, but it has a zero power cost. So you can essentially do this all game. It's a range four attack that ignores line of sight, ignores cover. You know, you can do it all game because it's zero power. Maybe not the most powerful piece of this, but definitely the coolest <laughs> is the wild. So, oh, man. So if you roll a wild... Uh, using shield throw, you activate an ability called Ricochet. After the attacker's resolved, this character may make an additional shield throw attack. This attack must target another character within range three of the original target and maybe any distance from the character. This additional attack does not have the Ricochet special rule. So basically, you roll a wild on your first attack. Right. You have another attack from the target you just hit at range three to another enemy combatant. Just absolutely craziness. It's so, neat. so fun. So this makes more sense now, Chris, why the strength is only four on the initial attack. If you're doing this right every time, you're getting this attack off twice, essentially. So that's why it's only strength four, because 
if it was higher, it, this would just be overpowered. What I love about this, Chris, is you talked about you hit the initial first character, and if you hit them, now you get a second attack, not from Cap, from that second character. So then you would measure the range from that second character and see you who you can hit that's within range three. Of course, so it's incredibly thematic, incredibly fun, but just tactical as well. This is just a way to say somebody's teed up before their day's side or someone's low on health. You could ricochet into them, potentially kill them, or slip into their day side. That would be huge. Um, this is just a cool ranged attack. And you've got to think about, too, we talked about range four on the shield throw. Really, it's range seven. So if there's someone you want to hit that's further out, that's range seven away, you could check that, essentially. And if you could basically... you got to daisy chain dr- it. Yeah, you but- could daisy chain it. But, I mean, if, say, their characters are in a straight line... Oh, they're even in more trouble because you could just go straight through all the way. So cool. So thematic. Let's talk about his last stack here, Chris. It is shield slam. If the target character is size two or less after this attack is resolved, it may be thrown short. This is a range two strength of six. This is by far his highest damage basic attack, and it costs two power. So let's talk about this, Chris. This is essentially a upgraded version of his regular strike. So his regular strike, you have to hit the wild to push them, and it does five strength dice damage. This one does six strength dice damage, and you essentially get the throw no matter what. And why is throw better than push? Well, throw is better than push because it's cool, man. <laughs> you get to pick up this character you and choose. throw them yeah. against piece of terrain, a car, a building, another enemy combatant. That's the best part. You can daze both characters when you do this, uh, which, once again, you use this to great effect against me. You daze Dr. Octopus and kept Spider-Man alive. Right. By using the shield slam against me last game. So we're going to learn more of this as the game goes on. This is obviously all new mechanics and characters to us, but we're going to continue to find new ways to control the battlefield and make the best decision at that given moment when you're doing your character. I found in this game that battlefield control is a little bit more important than in other tabletop war games as these characters do not go away very easily. That's true. It's going to be hard to wipe out the opposing team. Right. So controlling the opposing team might be the order of the day here in Crisis Protocol. Well, and it being an objective-based game, Chris, we talked about this time and time again. Right, and we will. We will continue to because you win the game off of an objective. So if it's an objective where you have to be base contact with it or you have to control an area, et cetera, et cetera, Cap throws somebody away. Well, now the entire game state has changed and now Cap's team is scoring and the enemy is not. So this is kind of one of those things where sometimes characters that do less damage could be as effective or more effective if they're in the right hands. That brings us to our next thing. And this is the reason Cap is probably going to be used in this game for a very long probably time. Probably forever, yeah. <laughs> it's a leadership ability, Chris, which right. I mentioned that as we're here because there's only two characters in the, the game that have leadership abilities so far. And I, I specify leadership because we're going from attacks to leadership and we'll be going to superpowers after this. Leadership is a small section that only Cap and Red Skull have so So far. far. What is this leadership, Chris? So, each turn, you may reduce the power costs of the first superpower used by each allied character by one to a minimum of one. So... A day like any other day. For example, the superpower Bodyguard, which we're we're fixing to talk about, has a power cost of two. Captain America is activating it, and that's the first power he's activating this, this particular round. It has a power cost of one. Now, early on in the game, your economy is going to be boosted so much faster by reducing a lot of your early superpowers by half. It feels like it's reducing them by half because a lot (laughs) of your early ones are going to be two and three. The idea is to use this early to build a lead and snowball from there. Yeah, I'm into that. One, it's it's very thematic with his play style, Chris, like... He's reducing allied characters' cost by one to a minimum of one. So anytime someone uses a superpower for the first time during their activation, it's reduced by one. So like you got to think about this in a way of a just economy, right? We got to think about it changes your entire economy state. So you see, you know, Natasha has two or three power. Well, now she can do 
several abilities within that because if you're doing two superpowers in a row, the second one's not discounted. It says only the first, but you reduce that first one. So now the math is different. It's off. Right? Well, and it's it's not just good early game either. Think <laughs> right. about think about late game. I think it's actually even better late game. Sure. <laughs> when we're talking about wanting to use two superpowers in the same turn, you can reduce that maybe First four or yeah. five cost superpower by one. And then the second one's you possible. open to use a second or th- like a two right. or three cost on your second. Activation. You're right. Because obviously what you're saying, Chris, is late game you're going to have, everyone's going to have dramatically more power than the early game. So late game, it's really going to kick in. I also think too, Chris, the longer cap is on the board. Obviously, the more effective this is because you've essentially reduced the price all game. Absolutely. If he dies early, this is a huge detriment to the team because, as we mentioned in the last episode, this is only a power that works for affiliation Avengers. So that means you have to have a makeup of a team of 50% or more of Avengers characters. With the core set, you get a card that shows every character that is Avengers. It even has future releases on it, which is great. Mm -hmm. As long as most of your team is this and you have cap on your team, you get this ability. What I like about this, Chris, is if you don't have cap on your team, you don't get this ability. So get used to him, folks. Paint, spend some extra time on this model. Please do. You're going to be using him for a while. As you should. But let's move on to his superpowers. Before we get into what Cap's superpowers are, Let's talk about the type of superpowers, Chris, in this game. There are active, there are reactive, and there are innate. Active abilities are ones you use with one of your two actions on your turn. Say an energy beam. That's right. Sometimes reactive abilities, most of the time, don't require you to use a action. They are just something you do in response to another thing happening in the game so for captain america who has two reactive powers and one innate it's going to be pretty important to keep power tokens on him so he's ready to react and not spend them during his activation he is a very reactive character he is a very bodyguard type character well and of course chris we have innate is the last ability of superpowers and innate uh we see it in a couple characters in the game so far i'm excited to see more innates because they're my some of my favorite things in games are innate abilities and essentially it's just an ability that's baked in all game now i say all game some of these innate abilities up here when a character flips to its day side or maybe before it flips to its day side maybe when they flip to their day side they lose the innate ability but we'll get to that in a bit but let's go into sure. this first reactive ability of captain america bodyguard his first power is just so cool he's gonna be a sponge and especially (laughs) i think you pair this with the innate ability we're gonna get to when he's flipped onto his dazed side right and it's just it's just insane so his first superpower is called bodyguard and it reads like this when another allied character within range two is targeted by an attack this character may use this superpower Captain America becomes the target of the attack, regardless of the range and line of sight. Basically, what this means is, if you have a important character that has not as good of a defense, and they're within range two of Captain America, when they get attacked, you can redirect that attack to Captain America using his fairly impressive defense to soak those shots instead of maybe your... Black Widow getting targeted, or your Spider-Man, or That's right. or someone carrying an object. That's right, Chris. And this is another cool way to get around line of sight in the game and get around terrain, things like that. Earlier, I gave the example of Captain America and an enemy being on opposite sides of a building, Cap throwing the shield range four into them. Cap's still behind that building. He has another one of his team members just up to from where he's at, maybe coming around the building towards the objective. Now that enemy on the other side of the building attacks that character, say it is Black Widow. Since she is within two range, Cap now takes the defense on himself, even though he's behind a building. So now he has cover. Mm-hmm. He also is taking the bodyguard shot. It is so good. Especially when it. we get to that innate ability, man. It is just nasty. This bodyguard ability, important to know. As Chris already stated, costs two power, and you have to hang on to that power. You got to be ready, but almost most importantly, you have to check a cohesion sort of check with the range two every time he moves Cap. Because I was trying to do it in even our first mm-hmm. game where you That's want right. Cap to be within range two of everyone, just so you have the option. You don't have it's to do it every important. time. Important. 
And, you know, for a value-based gamer such as myself, Captain America is an extremely valuable character. Given his leadership and the help towards your economy and the value you gain from that, get the value from this bodyguard. The way to get that value is to be thinking about your whole team's movement in relation to Captain America. That's right. So he's kind of the centerpiece. He's the linchpin. Yeah, you have the units moving around him or in front of him as long as they're within range two. It's great, Chris. You can even have him up front. That's right. Taking the brunt of the attacks and also taking the range two defense for our That's weaker right. characters. This is why threat is so important in this game, Chris. He's a four threat character. I think in the future, what you talked about in one of our last episodes, getting one of those uh, lower threat character lists will be really interesting with Captain America because he absolutely can defend them because they're obviously going to be weaker against attacks going to have lower health pools. He can improve with that. Well, let's move on to his next reactive ability. This is so cool. And one of the things I love about this character is how well all of his superpowers work in concert and in theme. Goodness theme gracious. And con- it, you have the power to use bodyguard and vibranium shield, which we're about to talk about. Crazy. You couple this with his innate ability that we're going to get to, which I just keep harping on. It's wild. You can't get rid of him. So vibranium shield reads like this. When this character is targeted by a physical or energy attack, it may use this superpower. Add two dice to this character's defense roll against the attack. So this is not going to work against Dr. Strange. When he's bringing some mystic, that's right, some mystic stuff towards you. But <laughs> for now, we don't have much mystic no, in the game. Just Modok, essentially. Right. So for now, this is extremely powerful. To add two more dice to your defense pool, okay, is kind of wild. It is because he already has a four defense on physical, right. a four defense on energy. So you're bumping that up to six, which is exponentially huge. You know, we're not going to be a very Matthew show, Chris, but we got to mention while we're here, it's more likely in this game to slightly hit attack hits than defense hits. Right. Um, they've proven that the dice are just more likely to hit more attacks because of the way the dice are structured and made. So this is even more important because now you're actually buffing up the weaker dice pool in the game, which is the defense dice pool. No matter what, this is already better. Now, what you're talking about synergistically, Chris, which I love is this vibranium shield can be paired with bodyguard. Mm. That's what gets crazy. Mm. So say you're saying cap, you have four power or whatever, and someone's attacked and they're it's looking rough for them. You take the bodyguard, you spend the power. Now cap's the target of the attack, no matter range or line of sight. Now we got cover, hopefully intervening. Right. We also have the vibranium shield if we have two more power, which we do. We're going to spend that. Now we had two more dice. So you're going to roll six dice to defend character that definitely had a lower defense pool than Absolutely. six dice. And so let's imagine for a second that we have, that Captain America has used the bodyguard quite a few times. Okay. And maybe he's onto his day's side now. He's maybe flipped to the day's side. Maybe we this card. Let me read to you really fast his innate ability that I just love so much. It's called, I can do this all day. Of course. And it reads like this. When defending against attacks... This character adds blanks in its defense roll to its total successes. So not only are we absorbing the hit for someone else. Yeah. And we're buffing our dice pool by two. With the shield, yeah. But now our blanks count as blocks as well. So the only way people can get damage through is if you roll the attacks on the dice. In the critical phase, that is, that's it. That is crazy. Yeah, so the attacks and the critical failure are the only thing that are going to hurt him. He already has great defense, so you're right, Chris. This is a really cool ability. Let us not forget that when he flips to his day side, he has one more health. He gets stronger healthy-wise. So if you're playing Cap right, you're getting him just barely to the side, and mm-hmm. then you're spending for the rest of the game, you're ideally... You're just defending everything. Yeah, you're spending all your superpower power on Bodyguard Vibranium Shield. Because now Vibranium Shield and Bodyguard both are dramatically buffed by this innate ability. I would almost think that unless you're just sitting on a glut of power <laughs> yeah. on Captain America, that you'll be using his free cost strikes once flipped to the day well, side. Well, let's not forget, Chris, the, the shield throw is free. So get him set up in a position. goodness. Get him set up in a position where he can defend everybody. He can hold an objective, maybe. And he's getting bloodied at this point. We understand that. But now he's just going to throw his shield... 
gets behind some cover, spend the rest of his time bodyguarding and vibranium shield. He's either going to live or die, but he's going to go out doing exactly what he needs to do. So I also kind of view him as the perfect objective holder, too. Even if you are not using the Avengers affiliation, maybe you've built a team of bad guys and you add Captain America just to run objectives. Defensive. Because he's going to be able to hold on to that. He's going to be able to survive for a while. He's going to be able to survive as long as some other beefy characters in this game without the large point cost. Uh, I completely agree, Chris. I cannot wait to play him. He's going to be in every roster of mine for some time. Good guy rosters. And I just, I don't know, like he seems simpler than he is. I will say that. It's going to be obvious when you play a player who has played more games with him, how strong he actually is. Absolutely. Because they see this and say, okay, he's got a really cool line of sight, breaking line of sight, range attack. He's got some great throws to put people off objectives. He does a little bit of damage. I understand that. He spends more power to buff his defense. I get this guy. And he also discounts everybody's superpowers. No, it's going to be more than that. It's going to be positioning. It's going to be a lot of things. You know, we just don't know quite at this point, Chris. We can we can only do our initial thoughts, our initial plays of the demo. I think the more the game grows, even the stronger he's going to get because you're going to pair him with other characters. He's going to defend them. Maybe there's a glass cannon character later, like a rocket or something. Right. That is just so low health, but so high damage from range. And Cap's going to take all the defense on them. So many possibilities for future gameplay and the way to build out and fill out the rosters for this game. I think you're going to put him in every list right now that's an Avengers list. Why would you not? Why would you not? Yeah. Atomic Mass really knocked it out of the park with this character. It's unbelievable, Chris, how balanced he is and how strong his theme is. If you've understand everything we said today about his lore and you don't hear these abilities and understand how mechanically and thematically they nailed this character, I mean, this is about as good as it gets. This is one of the reasons I really like this game. So the last thing I want to talk about Chris in here is just his model. So Mm. he is kind of arm out. He's about to throw the shield. Right. He's kind of in a leadership pose. I just want to touch on, I really like that they are picking and choosing the best visual choice per character. And what do I mean by that? Well, with so few models, each one needs to be striking. That's true. You're you're running, what, four, five, six models in a list? Max, yeah. I mean, speaking for myself, I don't want to have the worst models in the tournament. <laughs> and it's also a great way to get people interested in the game. That's Having truly Having these it. striking poses, these yeah. these interesting models, these, these good sculpts really draw eyes at the shop when you're playing you're right chris and and adding to that i believe that they even took the high ground here where they essentially said some of these characters will be unrecognizable to people if we don't go the mcu route right some are so recognizable we can literally go half and half cap's model here is a half and half example i say that because in the future we're gonna have characters that are more overtly mcu and other characters for instance modok that are more overtly comic book style. And I'm really happy they didn't settle. Oh, Modoc's model is so great. Oh, it's so good. And I'm so glad they didn't settle on either side, Chris, that Spider-Man is more the comic book Spider-Man because people are familiar with him. But say something like Steve or Natasha playing Black Widow, they're more right. kind of half and half. They look like and rightfully MCU so. Those, and those characters points. really came in into the kind of hive mind through the MCU movies. They were not super, super well-known characters before that, but now everybody knows them. Yeah, Iron Man, he's mainly the MCU Iron Man. There's just a lot of things where it's, I like that they didn't box themselves into one corner. Me too. Just the pure MCU, the pure comic. Great choice. And Cap is a great example of that because he is literally half and half. You can see it visually on him. He's kind of half comic book, half MCU Cap, and I love that. But we will return to Cap in the future, guys. We just hope you guys enjoyed this conversation of his stats and some strategy we're obviously going to get into some team building with avengers in the future but we have to move on next week to our first villain oh what a bad guy he is what a bad guy johan schmidt the red skull bad guy so we're going to continue this format of doing these deep dives one hero and one villain Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Catch our streams of Marvel Crisis Protocol at twitch.tv slash Fury's Finest. Also, 
Side note, Chris and I sometimes stream Star Wars Legion. That's something new we've started at twitch.tv slash the Canon Cantina. We'll also host on our Fury's Finest page. Follow the show on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast, Instagram at Fury's Finest, and Facebook.com slash Fury's Finest. Email us at Fury's Finest at gmail.com and keep leaving us those Apple podcast reviews. We want to thank everyone that's left one so far. It's awesome to see the number go up. If you only have the ability to just get on and give us stars, that is great. Just give us five stars. But if you want to write a review, we will read it on the show on our future mailbag episodes. We want to thank Approaching Nirvana for our intro and outro music. And please help spread the word about our show by liking, rating, reviewing, and subscribing. That's right, Chris. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jesse Aiken, J-E-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. You can also find my Star Wars show, The Canon Cantina, at the C-A-N-O-N-C-A-N-T-I-N-A. And you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. Thanks for listening, True Believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. Six stones, three teams, one shot. Five years ago, we lost. All of us. We lost friends. We lost family. We lost a part of ourselves. Today we have a chance to take it all back. You know your teams, you know your missions. Get the stones, get them back. One round trip each, no mistakes, no do-overs. Most of us are going somewhere we know. That doesn't mean you should know what to expect. Be careful. Look out for each other. This is the fight of our lives. And we're going to win whatever it takes. Good luck.